Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 211 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us hear the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Mark chapter 5 has for us today. There's a lot happening in this chapter. Jesus calls the demons out of the man living in a cemetery. This fills in some gaps for me and maybe for you too. Jesus said that everyone will bow down to him one day, and I wasn't too sure how that could happen, but we see it here. Verses 6 and 7 say, And when from a distance he saw Jesus, he ran and fell on his knees before him in homage, crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I solemnly implore you, do not begin to torment me. Yes, even the demons know who Jesus is and do homage to him. The end of the story is interesting. When the people saw the power of Jesus, they were afraid. All the hogs ran down a steep slope and drowned, and they saw the possessed man in his right mind. This created fear in the people, and they asked Jesus to leave. In fact, they begged him to leave. May we approach the Lord with reverential awe, but not ask him to leave us as he shows himself the power in our lives. There is nothing he cannot do, and we have to be ready for the power he desires to unleash in our lives. I love reading about the woman with the blood flow and how she believed that simply touching Jesus' clothes would heal her. In verse 34, Jesus said, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me springing from faith in God has restored you to health. Go in, into peace, and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. We can learn a lot from this interchange between Jesus and this woman if we are willing to open our hearts and receive his message. I am also always encouraged by the story of Jesus giving life to the daughter of the ruler who had died. Jesus' words were, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Keep on believing, my friend. The message is clear. When all things look alarming, keep on believing. Let's see what Paul is teaching in Romans chapter 12. The second part of this chapter reads much like Proverbs. There are so many nuggets of wisdom here and so many note-card-worthy verses to write down. Paul starts off pleading for the people to surrender their whole being to the Lord. Verse 2 is one that is highlighted in my Bible and says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to the external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Yesterday, we read that we should be careful what we listen to and give our thought to in book of Mark. Here we read that we need to renew our minds, and that is what the Bible does for me. My mind and heart continue to be renewed as I read God's message and glean the messages he intends for us to receive. Let us surrender our hearts and minds to him and allow him to mold and shape us so we can serve him as he desires us to serve him. The second part of this chapter has so many nuggets of wisdom that include love one another, honor one another, let our spirits be ablaze with the Holy Spirit and serve God with all zeal. Rejoice and be hopeful. Be patient in suffering. Be constantly in prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with others as they rejoice. Weep with those who are weeping. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Do humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself. Do not repay evil for evil. 
Live at peace with everyone as much as is possible. Allow God to avenge you. Feed your enemies and give them what they need. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. These are amazing nuggets of wisdom and truth. May we seek to understand and implement them in our lives. Well, let's see what's happening in Esther chapters 3 and 4. Yesterday, we read about an almost fairy-like tale story about Esther, a Jewish girl, no one of royalty except in God's kingdom, being crowned a queen. Today, there is trouble afoot. A man named Haman was promoted by the king above all the other princes. The king's servants bowed down to him and reverenced Haman. However, Mordecai did not. He didn't bow down to the people, but only to the Lord. Well, some of the king's servants asked Mordecai about this irreverence to him and told him about the Jewish nation. Then Mordecai sought to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire. He brought a proposition to the king, stating there was a group of people who had different laws and did not keep the king's laws. He asked for permission to annihilate them. The whipped cream on top of this proposal was that Haman was going to pay the king a lot of money, over half of the annual income the kingdom received. That's a lot of cash. Well, the king accepted his proposal without asking pertinent questions such as, how many people are in this group to be killed? What ethnicity is it? And how will this affect the other people in the kingdom, meaning what is their opinion? It's hard to say if the money offered was such a big carrot that it inspired him to go along with the plan, or whether he thought anyone who didn't follow his laws was an actual threat. We know the Jewish people followed the laws. This was a story concocted by Haman. Either way, there was no investigation into Haman's plot. The annihilation of the Jewish people was scheduled to happen in 11 months. Chapter 4 is an action-packed chapter. Queen Esther's uncle Mordecai found out about the edict, as did all the other Jewish people scattered throughout the kingdom. He was very upset, rent his clothes, and put on sackcloth. Well, no one who wore sackcloth could enter the king's gates. Esther's maids told her about his condition. She sent him clothes so she could call for him, but he wouldn't put them on. So she sent one of the king's attendants to talk with Mordecai and learn the news. Mordecai gave him the decree and told him to tell Esther to go to the king and plead for their people. Her ethnicity has still not been disclosed to the king, and the king didn't know he allowed the decree that would kill his queen. In those days, if someone asked for a meeting with the king and the king refused, they were killed. Esther knew this and sent back word to Mordecai that she hadn't been called to him for a whole month and she risked being killed if she asked for a meeting with him. Mordecai told her she was dead either way. If she didn't save the people, she wouldn't save herself. Esther shows us her belief and reverence for the Lord, as well as his mercy. She called for a fast. She told Mordecai to tell everyone from their nation to fast for three days, no food or water for three days. They humbled themselves before God and gave up their daily sustenance with the hope that he would hear their plea. Remember, this was a time when most Jewish people lived in exile. They were not a whole nation that was living for God. He had turned his back on them for all the evil they had done. Still, Esther called for her nation to fast in service to the Lord. We shall see what happens tomorrow in our reading. Well, let's see what Psalm 30 has to teach us today. King David praises God. I have read two commentaries about the circumstances around the psalm. One suggests it was after the plague had been lifted from the people which was sent upon them because David had numbered his people. Another suggests this was written after David was healed from some infirmity. Either way, King David offers praise to the Lord. He writes, we should sing to the Lord and give thanks because God is holy. Verse 5 says, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime, or in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yes, we have difficult times, but we can wait expectantly on the Lord as King David did. 
Verse 11 says, you have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Indeed, the Lord can turn our mourning into gladness. Suffering is part of life and no one, not even King David, could avoid it. But his hope is always in the Lord. The last verse shows us his praise and thanks will be on his heart and lips forever. May we praise God and give him thanks for all he has done for us and all he will do for us. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that shows us your power and might. Father, help us lay down our burdens at your feet and allow you to work everything out for our good and your glory. Lord, we worship you and praise your name for you are greatly to be praised. Keep us at your feet, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.